Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening. You are listening to Night Drift presented by Euphomet. And I'm Jim Perry. Coming to you tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast to the mothership. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW in Seattle. And streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. Thank you for listening again. Tonight, Dan Baldwin and George Sewell will be discussing Lindsay Higgins' account of her abduction, whose story was the subject of the Netflix series Haunted. They will also talk about the UFO phenomenon, the spirit world, and beyond. But first... We actually are going directly to the Key Peninsula and welcoming back liminal investigator and night drift reporter Bex Atwood because there's just been some stunning accounts recently and we have to have Bex back on. Bex, how is the KP doing tonight? We have sun for the first time. (laughs) Such a long time. (laughs) Yeah, what is that anomalous light in the sky? I don't know, but I got to tell you, Jim... There's a trend forming here over the last month. Um, It seems like June has really been not only the start of another summer of saucers, potentially, but the summer of red or orange saucers. (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy. You look online. uh, You and I are both a part of various Facebook groups, like sort of local Facebook groups. And even these reports have been showing up on there. But you've been visiting some of the National UFO Reporting Center, for example, and some of the other databases, including Liminal Earth, which is a group that you're a part of as well. And the, the Puget Sound area, Seattle, seems absolutely abuzz in these sightings right now, what, what's what's going on? Can you detail a little bit about what these are? Sure. So it looks like we can really break them down into two categories. Um, 100% of these over the last month, so the complete month of June, 100% of them are orange or red. Um, they all 100% display uh, very irregular flat patterns and uh, seem to defy the physics of what we know as the planes in the skies right now. Um, and they will either be circular shaped or triangular. And it looks like the most recent sighting happened on the 16th in Seattle. Now this was an orange light flying from east to west over Belltown in Seattle. We do have a photograph and you can check that out on the New Fork website. Um, But it looks like it was about one in the morning uh, hovering and then slowly moved from east to west, uh, little jig jags from left to right and then shot right up into the sky. Uh, Hmm. Then on the 15th, the morning before we have an orange light over Seattle at about two in the morning, this time right over Elliott Bay. And wow. uh, it was a little shorter in time, um, but it looks to be almost identical. Uh, also claiming very irregular flight patterns and then disappearing as it shoots up. Yeah. And then we have a uh, hmm. one at the beginning of the month here in Seattle. And this one only difference is it was in downtown it's the same going straight up and disappearing changing directions very irregular flight patterns and i believe this one was at three in the morning you know what's so interesting about these reports whether you're in belltown or you're downtown you're essentially in the same area here in seattle and having lived there for so long and the people listening to this on kknw right now can confirm this can corroborate this this uh this experience you know it's really hard to see stars in seattle even mm-hmm. on a, a a clear night sky so to see these anomalous lights they really do have to have uh, quite the quite the volume uh, of intensity and that's really wild um bex thanks so much for reporting these of course keep us updated on on if they continue it really does seem like 75 years well we're back here again and what could be the beginning of another summer of saucers um what's happening over there with liminal earth and with wednesday night ufo oh my goodness so every single week Uh, Wednesday nights at 10 p.m., we as a collective virtually look up at the sky together. Um, There have been a few instances now where various Wufonauts, as we are now calling them, (laughs) have seen lights in the sky. Yes. Great. I love that. (laughs) 
we're doing it again this Wednesday. Um, last week, we just did a more mellow Garrett and I hangout. Uh, Jeremy ended up taking the week off. And we did some experiments where we ended up uh, talking to <laughs> Garrett's shower companion, the pothos plant, Coco. Uh, he has built a device that has <laughs> okay. allowed him to speak to this. Oh, okay, so, okay. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to bury your headline here for a second just by exclaiming over the top of you. Um Repeat one more time how big of a deal this thing is with Garrett and what he's exploring. And, and, and be sure, if you're listening to this right now, I've already talked to Garrett. He's coming on the show. We're going to talk about this at length on a night drift. But explain just a little bit about this device that you were just describing. Perfect. You took those words right out of my mouth there. So, <laughs> um, yes, we, we found this device online called the Plant Wave, and we've been seeing it all over TikTok especially. And it's uh, this device where you can essentially plug it into any plant. I've seen them especially plugged into mushrooms, and, and they'll play music. And so you can see all over the internet right now, plant music is, is being created. Um, Garrett decided to use his mad scientist brain and has hooked it up. Uh, I, this is not my wheelhouse at all, so I won't even attempt the terminology, <laughs> but he has thrown together a device uh, that allows this plant to not only make music, but to potentially enunciate the way that we in the English language do. Um, oh, so over the gosh. course of the last few weeks, he's been communicating with the plants around him. And I tell you what, it's been wild. And so we had his plan on as our special guest for WUFO last week. <laughs> Well, it's super strange. I encourage people to go and check out Garrett Kelly and Liminal Earth on TikTok as they've been posting these videos. Not exclusively there, but it's the best place to experience these things, I think, as of right now. I mean, there's a video there where he invited his neighbors to come over to his garden in his front yard. They're chatting as this thing is chirping and assuming, assumingly is, is trying to communicate and is saying neighbors over and over again. And Garrett at that time is not even paying attention to it. It's just, you know, doesn't even hear that. And I'm like, man, it's saying neighbors over and over again. <laughs> and not, you're not the only one saying that, Jim. I mean, there's there's thousands of comments. And um, the reason that we have the name Coco is because he went live with the plant, with the device on TikTok, and um, she shared her name with us when he asked. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, wow. following okay. her lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as as you should. Uh, listen, we're going to have uh, Garrett on. We're going to talk about that more in depth. And, of course, you're going to be back on for a full episode of Liminal Reports here shortly. Uh, but until then, thank you so much again for the report, Bex. And before I let you go, where can people find your work? You can find me at BEX, Bex in the Liminal, all across the board. Um, yeah, Jim, thanks for having me, and I hope you guys have a good show. Of course, we'll see you at WUFO this week. Awesome. See you there. And what are your thoughts? Have you experienced anything strange lately? Have you been witness to one of these orange glowing globes that have been all over the Seattle area? You can share your story. Email me, jim at euphomet.com. You can use hashtag nightdrift on Twitter. And you can always just call the show and share your story. 888-298-5569. I'm Jim Perry. This is Night Drift. Right after this, a very stunning alien abduction case. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.
You're listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. Researchers in China claim they have developed mind-reading artificial intelligence that can measure loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party, reports say. And I say, it's 2022 and the algorithm is alive. I'm Jim Harry. Welcome back to Night Drift. Lindsay Higgins' abductions by non-human beings manifested in panic and terror she experienced as a child, teenager, and adult. She painfully revealed her story for the first time publicly in the Netflix series, Haunted. Witnessing her story and personally acquainted with Lindsay, Pendulum Dowsers, paranormal researchers, and ufologist Dan Baldwin and George Sewell had questions. Chief among them, how does one research events combining UFOs, reincarnation, and direct contact with the spirit world? The answer was clear. Pendulum dowsing. The pendulum dowsing and research developed into a two-year quest. No one had any idea what would be discovered. Baldwin and Sewell simply followed the information they gleaned through their pendulum work, which led them and Higgins into unexpected and astounding places and realms. Paranormal Pendulum 3, The Abduction of Lindsay Higgins, The UFO Phenomenon, The Spirit World and Beyond is that story. And tonight, we have the authors with us. And now to them. Dan Baldwin is a professional writer, often a ghost writer for other professionals. He's a certified clinical hypnotherapist as an, and is an expert pendulum dowser, having used the pendulum to assist in finding missing persons for over 15 years. And... George Sewell is a paranormal researcher and ufologist. He's written many books, and vocationally, he is retired as a counselor, program manager, and administrator in the field of addicted disorders, including problem gambling. Welcome to Night Drift, Dan and George. Good to be here. Good, good to have you both. Dan, where are you coming to us from tonight? From uh, Mesa, Arizona. Oh, fantastic. All, well, all 115 degrees of it. <laughs> well, we're just getting into the 80s here, so this is uh, good times for us. Uh, but 115 is a little much. And, and George, uh, you are coming to us from Louisiana, yeah, correct? The northwest corner up in Bossier City across the river from Shreveport. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, you geographically, I think, have a lot to do with uh, your relationship to this story and where it happens as well. But listen, I think, you know, you two are intimately involved with this stunning case, that of Lindsay Higgins. Dan, who is Lindsay and, and what really happened here? Can you take us through a little bit of the origin of this Lindsay Higgins story? Well, let, let me go way back. Okay. Uh, the origin goes back about uh, oh, four thousand years ago. When oh, the, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The the this is not your typical abductee story. This involves uh, not only UFO abductions. It also involves reincarnation. It also involves heavily heavy involvement with the spirit world. But uh, encapsulating everything, about four six thousand years ago, the spirit of the woman who is now Lindsay Higgins made an agreement with a. Uh, a higher being, which we have we have nicknamed ET, not that it is an ET, but that's just the nickname we gave for it. They made an agreement that Lindsay would reincarnate throughout history in, in a long-term process with the ultimate goal of improving the life for human beings, for lack of a better description. She has been reincarnating, you know, for those thousands of years, along with uh, uh, the, uh, the observer of ET watching over her somewhat. Uh, the most recent reincarnation was uh, in the 1880s in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, she was the daughter of a man by the name of W.D. Wood Woodworth. Her name was Sally Murph at that time. She has since reincarnated in, and now is the spirit that we know of as Lindsay Higgins, uh, the abductee. As an interesting side note, uh, her father in the 1880s, W.D. Woodworth has reincarnated as her present father, Jim, in, uh, in this lifespan. And her sister back then uh, has now reincarnated as her sister in this world. And she has been experiencing uh, 
UFO abduction since she was a child. Lin Lindsay has, right? Because yeah, Lindsay has. And we've yeah, got some indication that there, there was uh, uh, the, the Woodworth family and the, and the people living at that time in that area were also having, uh, I don't know if it was abductee experiences, but they were probably having UFO experiences at that time. Hmm. Okay, so so throughout the process somewhere, you started to make these discoveries together. But but first, just for the benefit of the audience who don't really know who Lindsay is and, and you know, her experiences within this timeline and within um, where we're at right now, can can uh, Dan or George explain just a yeah, little why don't bit you let, of... Uh, George, uh, yeah, let George. George is the one that uh, actually brought me in, into meeting with Lindsay. So why don't you let George oh, tell great. that part of the story? Yeah, George. Uh, yeah, can you give us a little bit of a description of of who Lindsay is and and where this sure, all started? Sure, sure. It's uh, Lindsay Fertitta Higgins. Uh, she's a Shreveport woman, and we we became acquainted um, one night several years ago when the phone rang. I did not recognize the number or her name, but I was uh, handling my late wife's estate, so I thought I better answer it just in case it was related to that, and. So I say, hello, and she says, is this George Sewell? And I said, yes. And then she gave a name, and the name said that uh, Lindsay should call me and we should talk. And I said, okay, mm. and what should we talk about? And so for the next two hours, Lindsay basically told me the story of her life beginning at the age of two uh, and up to the present day, which covered a whole series of psychic encounters with, if you will, uh, spirits, a number of encounters with what we would call extraterrestrials. Uh, she had memory, actual memory, of being taken aboard craft, and she had memory of seeing various uh, extraterrestrial-type figures. Often uh, she would refer to them as shadow people uh, as mm. she was growing up um, as a child. Um, oh, wow. Lindsay, like so many people with these kinds of experiences, uh, basically had to sit on it most of her life and had very, very few people uh, that she could discuss this with. She had very significant uh, abdominal pains as a child and going through adulthood that were not diagnosable. She's gone through several battery of tests and there's no underlying medicinal reason for her pain and that that was one reason she reached a point where i got to talk to somebody i got to get this out and the way it occurred was she learned that a los angeles production company was looking for people who had paranormal experiences throughout their life for possible inclusion in the netflix series haunted and that was the means by which Lindsay wrote up her experience and at first reluctantly, but then realizing she's got to do this. She hits sin, story goes out to the production companies. They contact her within 14 hours saying, okay, we want, we got to do a full interview. We think we want this. Uh, the next day she gets word, yes, they're definitely going to do her story for Netflix. Um, and they asked, is there anybody else in Shreveport who's had similar experiences or who knows of these kinds of things? And that's when she contacted me uh, mm -hmm. to see if I would be willing to uh, talk to the Netflix people and uh, possibly uh, be on the show with her. So that's how yeah. we got acquainted, and I had the gist of her stories. What I was able to give back to her is that uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, I was affiliated with uh, MUFON, and I was the assistant state director for Louisiana, and I had the opportunity to interview a number of people who had had various uh, encounters and uh, sightings, if you will, in mainly in the northwest part of Louisiana. And almost every item that Lindsay told me, I was able to respond that, I've heard that story before from other people, other places, and other times, and that was a great relief for Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time with the abductee or experiencer community, and that one of the most profound things that can happen for these individuals, especially as adults, are to find that they're not alone, right? And find that they can actually talk to somebody. So even within the Haunted series, it seemed like for decades she had just kind of stuffed this down inside of her 
uh, with some very harrowing accounts of of how you know this this all happened over the years. But I'm curious, you know, George, what what's happening in Shreveport? As a part of the two years of research that uh, Dan and I and Lindsay and there were several others who also worked with us in some of the sessions, um, it appears that in the Shreveport area there are two portals that are allowing entry into the Shreveport area of both craft as well as individuals. And one of these portals, as it turned out, was located if not adjacent, very, very close to the property where Lindsay lived when she was growing up. And that apparently was the source of the many individuals and craft that she was seeing. Uh, we had a little verification uh, through the pendulum um, of that portal in that particular location in South Shreveport. Uh, back in the 1980s, uh, Lindsay's uncle uh, was... Uh, in the Air Force, stationed at Barksdale Air Force Base here in Bossier City. And there was one evening where he brought his young son out to the Fertitta property where Lindsay was, was living and pointed to the night sky and said to his son, watch that, and then a UFO, if you will, just kind of dissolved in, just showed up, and oh then it faded out. And Lindsay's uncle said to his son, uh, you can't ever tell anybody about that. Oh, my God. And we've uh, had some sessions at uh, a place called Mike Wood Park in Bossier City, which is adjacent to Barksdale Air Force Base at the end of the uh, runway. And we have reasons to believe that there is a portal somewhere in that arena. Um, there have been some... Uh, photographs taken of objects in the sky that are not, they're not aircraft, they're not birds, they have no idea what they are. The pendulum identifies them as a UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and will often associate them with transiting the portal. So that may be uh, two reasons why there is a continuing uh, activity in Shreveport and has been for some time. Mm. Mm, man, that's wild. And also, um, it relates to a lot of places right now where people are experiencing this sort of vortex activity and maybe as a possible explanation for elevated activity in certain regions, in certain hotspots. So that's, that's so fascinating. I guess for, for the sake of timeline here, so after, after, George, you were approached to be a participant on the Netflix series. Um, that's correct. At that point in time. one, episode five. That's right, and people should check it out. It's a uh, it's an incredible story. We probably won't be able to touch on everything that she reported um, there, but uh, you should check it out. Uh, af at that point in time, you stayed in contact with uh, with Lindsay, I imagine, and then brought Dan into the fold. Is that how it all uh, worked out? Um, I was assisting Dan in doing some pendulum research for his previous paranormal pendulum books. Uh, when he would be in, in town in Shreveport, and I would make arrangements for us to do a session in a building or a location where people have been reporting a presence or a spirit or something like that for many, many years. And as a in that process, um, I began realizing, well, wait a minute. This may be the best way to check into what on earth has been going on with Lindsay. So I introduced Dan to... Lindsay and her husband, Tim, and we all got along beautifully, and Dan and I made the decision, all right, let's do Paranormal Pendulum 3. We're going to find out what's happening to Lindsay Higgins. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome. And that's the journey we're on right now. We're, we're going to go to a quick break, but um, after that, Dan, you know, it appears that uh, that story that people see on Haunted is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Lindsay and her connections to greater paranormal phenomena, potentially. Uh, I also am going to ask you about pendulum dowsing and to explain that a little bit because it's fascinating. Oh, and and, uh, and so thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we have to take a short break here on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We'll be back with more right after this.
Drifting deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. of the Cascades to the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. I'm Jim Perry and this is Night Drift. You can find us across social media at Euphemet and me at It's Jim Perry. And if you're listening to this live, the radio broadcast of this show and you want more, you can find all of this on the Euphemet podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit euphemet.com. Now we're back with George Sewell and Dan Baldwin. Shreveport, Louisiana. Lindsay Higgins thought she was going crazy dealing with traumatic abduction experiences her entire life. She was being taken. And these two men were, had decided to try and help figure out what this was. And one of the ways they did that was using pendulum dowsing which I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, but I've seen in action, and it's incredibly fascinating and corroborates all sorts of data and leads to a lot of new discoveries. So uh, thanks so much for joining me back here on Night Drift, gentlemen. Oh, glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Delighted. You know, Dan let, let's start off. Can you explain uh, pendulum dowsing to us? Yeah, I'm sure most everybody listening uh, is familiar with uh, at least the image of the old farmer with the uh, Y-shaped stick out in the North 40 looking for water. That's, you know, the old dowsing right. techniques. Well, this sure. is the uh, pendulum dowsing is exactly the same thing, except you use a weight on the string. Uh, you, know, you hold the string uh, with the weight suspended. You ask a question. Uh, a right swing is yes. A left swing is a no. And uh, an oversimplification, but the way it works is when you hold the, uh, the rock on the string, your conscious mind is focused on that rock. So that frees up your subconscious mind. Now your subconscious mind can, it can then make contact with your higher self. Uh, we know you can, your subconscious can make contact with uh, spirits on the other side or spirits who are over here. Mm. And apparently, uh, this is something George and I are exploring now, uh, your subconscious can also make contact with, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, extraterrestrials from other planets, mm. other systems, or other dimensions. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've written a number of books on it. The, the process itself is extremely simple. I mean, you can pick it up in, in you know, a short short afternoon. Uh, the hard part is uh, practicing the technique so that you can keep your mind absolutely clear so that you don't force an answer that you want. Yeah, how interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and emphasize the fact that there is nothing magical in the in the pendulum itself. It's just it's a tool. It's a it's a rock on a string. Uh, <laughs> the, the magic, with quotes around that, uh, comes between uh, the interaction between the subconscious and uh, uh, the spirit world, the ET world, uh, the other dimension, or uh, for lack of a better term, your higher self. Yeah, you know, Dan, when was it that you realized that this case of Lindsay's was going in a surprise direction? for you and George? Uh, almost instantly, it started going off in strange directions because we were <laughs> you know, we were trying to, you know, we were looking into a UFO case, which immediately turned into a case of uh, the uh, the strange uh, strange uh, visitor that, you know, the, the, the imaginary friend that the, the child had, which turned into a reincarnation story, which turned into a mystery case where we were following clues all over Shreveport and Bossier trying to find out uh, who had been reincarnated and oh then that, yeah that itself had turned into uh this case of uh you know thousands of years of work that is going on and that is continuing and somehow george and i are now drafted into that process uh, it just mm. 
from the beginning, it started going into all kinds of different directions. The hard part has been trying to stay focused on any one area long enough to get enough information to, to write that down before moving on to the next area. Well, I imagine so. And listen, I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with George P. Hansen, right? There is an element of this sometimes that it'll lead you down a road that you're like, wait a minute, is this a trick over here? Like, are we really supposed to be over here? I imagine there were some of those uh, encounters that you had where it left you kind of scratching your head. What, what has been something, Dan, that has completely puzzled you guys? What? Well, um, I, I've got to say it's the uh, the angle that goes back thousands and thousands of years. Because I thought we were investigating a case of uh, a UFO abductee, or perhaps that turned into uh, you know, a case of reincarnation. So that's again, that's not too far out of the box. You know, family reincarnation, family UFO abduction. Yeah. And right. then to have this long, long, long period of time where uh, we are involved in a process supposedly to upgrade their up, uh, help out the uh, the status of the human being in the world. That was that that really threw me for a curve. Fascinating. So some yeah, of the reports. Not that I object to it. I mean, I'm I'm glad to be included in the process. I just wish I knew a little bit more about it. Oh, right, right. It's kind of feeling like you're on a baseball team that you never knew you were a part of. Like here I am yeah, over here yeah, in the right the, field. The, the, yeah. The thing now is, you know, you we're using the pendulum, but you follow the evidence where it goes, and then just uh, you'll know when you get there. Yeah. Uh, some of the experiences that Lindsay had shared on that episode of Haunted were uh, routine alien abductions, and essentially every time that she would have these stomach pains, she'd go get them checked out, and she'd experience these flashbacks that would show her more detail of what would happen, what she believed would happen during these alien abductions, which were surgeries, which were tampering with her reproductive system. It, it, was all of that a part of what you discovered was this lineage or, or, or mission, if for lack of better words, of um, improving the human society, or, or however you phrased it. Yeah, what what yeah. we were led to uh, understand, and this this is, I mean, this is two years of research using multiple pendulums, different hands on the pendulum, and we also had two uh, very skilled uh, mediums who would work with us uh, with from their approach, and it um, it just seemed that. 6,000 years ago, Lindsay, Lindsay and this other spiritually evolved person who we referenced as E.T., um, she agreed to participate in a long-term project with the goal being the, eventually extending the lifespan, uh, the average lifespan of a human being to approximately 150, maybe 200 years, but also to greatly enhance and reawaken the sixth sense to allow for free and easy communication with the other frequencies and higher realms. And that would be just a massive life experience from our, our current status. And that seems oh to gosh. be uh, what she's a part of. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so it didn't necessarily have any relation to some of her flashback experiences of sort of medical interventions happening. Did, have you guys found any messages that have explained you know, sort of those experiences yeah. she was having. Yeah, we had, we had a, I'm sorry, we had a real interesting uh, event happen. Uh, Lindsay ex experienced excruciating pain during, you know, after these uh, experiences. And during one pendulum session, there were several of us involved there. And we discovered that the, uh, the beings who were doing the abductions and who were conducting the, uh, the medical experience on her apparently didn't realize the enormous amount of pain that, that they were inducing into this poor woman. Mm. So we asked them, you know, it, it, would you please stop hurting Lindsay? You can, you know, uh, Lindsay said she was okay with the continuing the experiments, but she did not want the pain. So we asked, would you, you know, you can continue doing this, but would you please stop hurting her? And uh, she's had several experiences since then. And apparently the, the pain of the process has gone away mm. simply by us uh, asking. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I find that, I find that really interesting. ET. George, uh, go ahead and repeat that. Um, uh, Lindsay specifically made that request for the pain to stop, and she made it directly to uh, the entity we, we refer to as ET, who was kind of managing the whole process. And Lindsay has reported uh, visitations, we call them, 
since that time, and she does not report any any noticeable discomfort or pain. Um, she'll have a few marks on her, maybe, but uh, no 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 disturbing pain, and that's that's a huge improvement. Boy, I'd love to ask Lindsay this question directly, but when she found the ability through working with you guys to essentially potentially communicate with these beings. How did she feel? I and, think, and, uh, go ahead, Dan. I think the answer would be, uh, initially at least, uh, relief. Yeah, you you know, you've, you've been sitting on this story all your life. You're afraid to talk about it because you think people think you're crazy, although you know what's happening. And then she realized, you know, there are other people out there. It's okay to talk about this. And beyond that, I think she's now, she is evolving into a situation where she is, her coming out and telling her story is now attracting other people, giving them the courage to say, yes, this happened to me. This is real. I am not crazy. And this is my story. And I'm not afraid to tell it. And I think that's, that's the real, uh, the, the point of, of everything where we are right now is that Lindsay is now a beacon for people in her situation. Oh, it's so important, and and I'm wondering if there are other experiencers now that are approaching you directly, George, um, you and Dan. Um, no, not me, but uh, Lindsay reports that as soon as the Netflix series aired, uh, the next day she started getting telephone calls from all around the country. Yeah, people just basically saying probably that right. they share her experience, right? That's fascinating. Um, Dan, can you describe to me a little bit about Lindsay's imaginary friend? That, that you found throughout this process. Yeah, what, what got this thing started way, you know, several years ago was uh, when Lindsay was two years old, they lived in a place called Central Station, which is the old railroad station in uh, Shreveport. And her family uh, bought the station. They uh, put a restaurant downstairs and the family lived upstairs. Now, these are old buildings, so they're very tall, very tall rooms. And one day the family was outside and they looked up on the second floor level and uh, there was a little two-year-old Lindsay out on the ledge of her window. Of course, they, they panicked and ran upstairs and grabbed her. And one, they wondered how could she get out there because those windows are enormous and they're extremely heavy. George and I have been up there mm. and it would take a massive effort for either one of us to lift this win window. So somehow a two-year-old was able to get outside. Oh my gosh. So she said, <coughs> excuse me, she said, uh, well, my friend Morlock helped me. He opened the door, let me go out to play. And so our investigation started into finding out just who this Morlock character was. And again, through the, this whole, uh, it's like a detective story mystery uh, around Shreveport and Bolger City. It turns out that Morlock was uh, her father, reincar the reincarnation of W.D. Woodworth. He was just checking in on this little girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously there has been this interaction between uh, reincarnated loved ones or the spirits of them inserting themselves into her story and you finding this. Now, this next question is a little bit, um, I would say, abstract, but just hang with me. Do you believe that for a lot of individuals that are experiencing the unknown or imaginary friends or these interventions by spirit beings. Um, George, do you believe there's an opportunity for those people to also be experiencing something similar to Lindsay in that oh, they are relatives? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And have you, have you seen that through some of your work, these relatives becoming, uh, you know, kind of key figures in their spiritual world? <laughs> Um, in the book, we, we have to give a chapter to a particular spirit who was very much involved in this whole investigation, and um, we were able to work with our, our medium colleagues to make better contact with this individual, and it turns out that uh, this whole project has had kind of a spiritual guide kind of nudging it along. I think Lindsay's thought to go ahead and put her history into a, a, a paper and send it out to this production company. I think that was an idea that was she was prompted to do. Uh, so much of this was just the various people 
places, events, just fit together so well, and it flowed so so perfectly. Uh, yeah. That from a theater standpoint, I was saying this thing has got to be stage managed, and that's what we <laughs> reference this, this spirit as a, the stage manager. Don't laugh. He's telling the truth. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect description. I've never thought well, about it that about way, Kate. but yeah, tell him about Kate, George. Well, I've just described. I just described Kate. Um, Kate made a great effort to get my attention around the time we started working on this project. Uh, uh, on my morning walks uh, down at Mikewood Park, I would often take pictures of attractive things and post them on Facebook. And one winter morning, uh, the baseball field was all frosted and looked kind of pretty, so I took a picture of it, posted it, and got a number of responses back. George, what a pretty picture, but what's with that blue tennis ball? What? Huh. So I went and re-examined the picture, and I had just not noticed that there's a, a, a blue orb hovering above the uh, frost. And I said, whoa, well, that's got to be uh, a lens flare or a camera artifact or something. Um but the next time I took the morning walk and I stopped at the same place, framed the same photograph, and, well, there's another orb. All right, well, that's, all right, that could be coincidental. But this just went on for, oh, half a dozen times that every time I stopped at that point, took a photograph, I can't see anything. I don't see the orbs, but the camera did. And I reached a point to where i got to send these out to Dan and let him put a pendulum on it and see what's going on here. And so Dan did. And what he came up with, that uh, the orb is a spirit. It's a spirit known to me, but not in this lifetime. And mm. then I'm the stage manager's kind of nudging, well, George, look for 19th century American actresses. And I did that and kept stumbling over Kate Bateman. And hmm. Pendulum said, yep, that's Kate. Uh, had a session with uh, one of our mediums, Colleen Laborde, and um, she and Kate had a raucous time. So this, this Kate has been a big part of this whole thing. How fascinating that uh, these relationships uh, from those that have passed, from spirit guides, are not only being present in the person you're helping, right, in, in Lindsay in this story, but you actually have your kind of your own guides assisting with this. I mean, that's got to be kind of a good <laughs> that, yeah, feeling that, was, that you're that, on the right track, right? Yeah, and that's, um, that's, what, that's the information we were getting from E.T., as a matter of fact, that um, both by Pendulum and each of the mediums individually um, had their impressions of the spirit we were calling E.T., and it was um, not something that you would expect in this kind of investigation. Dan, you want to pick that up since you had a feel for it? Well, I would just like to say that uh, you know, one of the interesting things about the information we're coming up with is we're getting the same information from multiple sources uh, mm. in multiple pendulum readings in multiple places. Mm. We've also had the help of a, a local historian who did a lot of work who uh, George and I would come up with some information. Our historian friend would uh, dig into it, and he would come up with newspaper accounts or historical records that uh, confirmed what we had come up with. So you know, all this this sounds all this stuff sounds pretty wild, but a lot of it has been confirmed over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and when those uh, when those spider webs start linking up, right, and and more things. Uh, become less coincidence and become more corroborative. You you must be in the process of going like, oh my gosh, we really have something here. Was that when you guys decided that you would you would create a book around this? Uh, is when these things started to really like kind of take flight for you, or was it always in your back of your head that like, well, this case I, I, could be something? From the get go, we decided to, to use the pendulum to find out what's going with Lindsay. It was focused to be a, a book on Lindsay, mm -hmm. and we. We had to work real hard to stay focused on Lindsay because there was so much more material that was just going in a hundred different directions. But no, it was intended to be a book from the get-go. You know, uh, uh, Dan and George, uh, let, let's start with Dan, but uh, I'm curious if, um, you know, you, you feel like you've had contact experiences yourself outside of this case. Uh, or were some of the things that you started to experience during this case um, elevated for you? 
I'm not sure what you mean by elevated. It, 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 uh, this particular particular case to me confirmed a lot of other information I got working a lot of other cases. Yeah, uh, that you know that's that's how I would put it. It's just more it's more the same. Only this this particular case, it is so complex and uh, so fascinating. It it takes everything to a, a definitely a, a different level. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's that's yeah. what I meant, and and that's what it seems like. Uh, George, yeah, how about you? Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and finish there. I said, uh, you know, I've been I've been doing this research for for a long, long, long time, and I've, I've conversed frequently frequently with spirits in different you know all over. Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Utah, Shreveport, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas. So I've got a lot of experience in this, but the Lindsay Higgins case really, like I said, just it's so complex. It does take it to an entirely different level. And I just wonder, where are we going now? Yeah, right. And George, how about you? Um, <laughs> I, I was particularly impressed with... Um, the the reassurance we kept getting from ET to use that to use that phrase and to absolutely feel the reality of what we were doing the reality of what we were investigating and the reality of the relationship between Lindsay and we'll say the extraterrestrials was um um well it was the morning of December 28 2020 as a matter of fact 7 a.m. Um, I got up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, went in the living room, opened up the blinds on the window, it was a little before dawn, and I look across the street, and hovering above my neighbor's house is about a 20-foot kind of yellow, orangish sphere. Um, and I'm saying, whoa, hello. <laughs> uh, mm. It's really there. And below it was the street light that has a light pollution bulb in it. It's a similar type color. Off in the distance, I can see the uh, pre-dawn streaks of sunlight so okay um, I noticed that the circumference of the sphere is kind of it, it's not solid it's like a, an artist who would do feathering you kind of feather the paints gets got a little shimmer to it uh, sure and it, I really observed it and then what I decided to do well not go outside and look at it not grab my phone and take a picture of it um, it's time to go feed the cats. <laughs> so I went to feed the cats, got a cup of coffee, walked back by the window, and it's gone. And that's when I snapped out of it. Um, what that was, I was meditating on it that evening, was that was an actual event. It was a diplomatic reveal to confirm the reality of everything we're doing. And I was given a little taste of what in the literature is called alien apathy, that when a person has a contact or some experience and they react in a way differently from what they would expect. So I had a taste of how subtle that effect is. And that also explained, okay, how that, say, Kate could very subtly nudge me to look for 19th century American actresses or to nudge Lindsay into listen to this podcast to learn about this uh, Netflix film. Uh, that that was um, that really got my attention. Okay, the, 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 this they're for the book. They want the book. It's accurate. Go for it. Do it. It's real. Hmm. I love that so much, and I have loved talking with you folks uh, tonight. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up, but before we do, um, where can people find your book? Aside from the show notes, when this is a podcast, I'll have a link, of course. But for those yeah. listening, where can they find your book? And Dan, where can they find your work? Okay, uh, again, all my books are in uh, are available in ebook and paperback. Uh, all my paranormal work, all my 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 novels, and all that. Uh, wherever you buy a book, Amazon, Kindle, uh, Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy your books, you can log on and, and find my work. Fantastic. And and George, how about you? Time. <laughs> fantastic awesome guys it's been a pleasure chatting with you and i'm left thinking the same as you what's next for this case and i'll eagerly be standing by to see where you take it so thank you so much guys have a great night hey thank Thanks you lot, jim appreciate it fantastic and thank you for listening to night drift with jim perry on alternative talk kknw 11:50 a.m seattle hear the show anytime on his podcast feed wherever you listen to them 
Go to euphemed.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up. with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.